Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Northview Podcast. My name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I'm joined. Uh, I wanted to say, as always, but that's not true, but I'm joined right now with Nathan Rector, our lead pastor. Nathan, man, how are you doing? Doing pretty good today. It's a Monday, but I'm doing pretty good. It is Monday. We're recording Monday. This will get pushed out later on. So if we do sound a little sleepier than normal, it's early in the week. And I mean, we just got done with our first weekend uh, of like school. How, how did your kids react to Sunday night? Uh, yeah, it came, bedtime came really quick. Uh, it didn't feel there was a lot of what, you know, yeah. uh, we were giving them the 15 minute warning, but, uh, it, it went pretty good. Honestly, I think everybody slept well. We had a busy full weekend and it was a, a very busy last week. Yeah. So, uh, no, but uh, so it was good, but it is definitely, it's Monday. Uh, the, the joys of the first couple of days of school uh, were really quickly replaced uh, by uh, general grumpiness. So uh, yeah. around our house. But, yeah, this morning, my oldest. We're getting through it. Yeah, my oldest was not happy this morning, screaming, and it will be a very early bedtime tonight. So hope hope that goes well. Um, hey, just, you know, it, it is crazy. We're like, you know, five, we had a five month summer break and lots of movies were watched over summer break. I'm curious, um, man, if you could recreate, uh, or redo any movie and that seems to be the thing to do right now, I'm curious, what would your like movie, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it was done poorly, but maybe with modern technology or something like that, you would change it up. So not rewatch, but remake, you remake it, remake it. I don't know. All right. Uh, boy, I think of a lot of movies that fit in a category of like, I hope they don't remake it. So I started thinking about some of those, uh, some of those, some of those angles, but, uh, you know, let me think here. What would be, what would be a fun movie? Uh, I'll give you, all right. I'll give you a second to think. Give me, give me a, yeah. Give me a, give me a warm up here. What so do you this, think? This just popped into my head back to the future. Now it's iconic and it's just, it's weird that we're living in the time that they went to the future. And so it doesn't look anything like, um, like what Marty saw. And so like, what would we, what would we do if we made it today? I don't know. That'd be, I think that'd be neat. You know, that's interesting. Back to as future. soon as you start, yeah, would it be like back to the future two and a half or what would it be? Right, 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 right. You know, what would we be calling this? Uh, you, when you started in on this, I thought, where is he going? I don't want to see another, you know, one of those, right. uh, cause I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that series. Um, but you're right. It is current time. I mean, you know, the funny thing about back to the future is it's the same movie every time. So it's always right. the McFly's versus the Tannins and, right. you know, you always have to figure out which version of Biff's family you're going to run into. And right. Yeah. But, uh, no, that's an interesting concept, you know. I mean, Michael J. Fox, we've still got a few years left with him, I think. So maybe we could get him in yeah. uh, to do this. And uh, I'm, I'm in. I'm yeah. in for that. I mean, I, would that be considered a remake, though? Or would that just be like, you know? Well, I would. That's a great question. That's a great question. I don't know. I mean, we don't really need rules on this, so. Okay. So uh, one of the movies I, I was I was thinking about uh, was the movie uh, The Natural, and I'm only thinking of it because I heard an argument about whether a new movie version of The Natural should be uh, created. I was mowing okay. my grass. I was actually mowing my grass last week uh, and listening to a podcast where they were ranting and raving 
about uh, the idea. One of them loved the idea. One of them hated the idea. So maybe that's why I was drawn to uh, this idea of movies I don't want. I don't uh, think I've ever seen The Natural, so I guess I never just, seen it. I know it's one of the best sports movies of all time, Sean. And it's a baseball movie. It, it is a baseball movie, but it's an American. No, I don't movie. mean that in a bad way. It's a, no, no, no. I mean it's a baseball movie in a good way. It's a. It is one of those movies that captured my imagination as a young child. It was okay. a very rewatchable, uh, very, very rewatchable. It fits in a category of like the Blues Brothers and uh, Ghostbusters <laughs> and, you know, some movies that like just were a certain era and time, yeah. uh, The Sandlot. Whenever they come on, um, I'm going to stay with it and I'm going to follow it to the yeah. end. Back to the Future 1 is one of those movies for me. Yeah. Uh, whenever I catch it, I'm going to watch it all the way all the way to to the very end it's just especially yeah. the the uh johnny b good scene you know yes. that was my favorite scene yes. as a kid yes yeah yeah yes. all right well let's hold these I, I like this topic in fact we'll invite brian and guy on and yeah. craig maybe even that would be a fun conversation to just hear like top five rewatchable craig, craig has an incredible memory of movies he would be a great person to have this i mean his catalog not just yeah. the, i mean he can quote yeah. big chunks of, of a movie and it just will come out of nowhere on you so he'll yeah. be, he, he's a wild card that i think a lot of our people uh I would it's agree. one of those things they might not know yeah uh, i would agree yeah that guy has some 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 movie chops when it comes to quoting some stuff all right well let's let's dive in the purpose of this podcast it is many purposes, but we really, we want to talk about uh, this past week's sermon and sure. you opened up with a really cool story of a, a revival service that you got to see a, a unique chunk of your personal history. Um, I'm curious, like I didn't grow up in the church and so revival services were not anything that I am too familiar with so what i guess what are they what's the purpose of that why do we do not do we do those still today yeah i don't know i think it's just a product of busy and and life being so busy and and uh it, it's not that you couldn't have them today uh i, I guess they've just kind of uh, they've just kind of faded um you know we so the, the idea was basically a season of time where you had like a spiritual shot in the arm i mean this 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 goes back hundreds of years where you know the uh, the uh, when evangelism and and just kind of the gospel was was flooding across other parts of the world, even not just not just America, but but in England and in other places. And there was often what were termed revival services. And so you typically have people preaching uh, a very clear message about responding to Jesus. Um, you know, place your faith in Christ. Billy Graham, of course, was was, was one of the best revivalists you know in our country, and and so. It seems like, and maybe this was just the Midwest, but in many parts of the country, churches would adopt their own little version of that. And so at my home church, it became an annual uh, tradition. And uh, we'd bring guys in uh, often from a Bible college or from another church somewhere uh, in, in, in the country that had uh, great, great giftedness. And, uh, you know, he would uh, preach usually four or five of his best sermons. Right. And uh, we would just eat it up and love it and have good music. Usually they'd bring in somebody for the music and somebody for preaching. Yeah. It was different than what we normally uh, yeah. get. And uh, it was always uh, a pretty uh, beneficial spiritual time. You'd see people, you know, uh, 
come into Christ for the first time. You'd see people rededicating their lives. You'd see, it was just usually generally a, a great spiritual uh, awakening time for, for our church. That's cool. I think, so your, your message was all about um, this freedom that we have in grace. And uh, I thought it was unique because you shared, you know, you got saved in eighth, eight years old. And then really you live the rest of your life under the the Lordship of Jesus. And, and you still are, obviously. And you shared about this wrestling of a lot of the sins that I've committed have been done underneath of that. And I thought you shared some really, I mean, unique tensions through that whole thing. Well, this we we've been going through Romans and we've been looking at some passages in Romans and one of the big themes in the book and it shows up multiple places is this idea of freedom and 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 specifically the idea of freedom from sin and we we kind of took a look at these couple chapters chapter six and seven specifically that i think are some of the best in the bible as far as being very honest and raw Mm. at just what it is to be a christ follower and the kind of tensions that exist as it relates to sin and, 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 you know, it's the, it's the, it's the good, bad, the ugly, but also ultimately the hope that we have in Jesus, not to save us once, but to, to, to continue to keep us uh, in that relationship, you know, by his grace. But that being said, it helps paint what is also the logical question or the, the logical uh, thought process that gets connected to that by many, many, many people, probably right. all of us who have walked with Jesus for any length of time, that if, He's just going to keep loving me and forgiving me no matter what. What does it matter how I live? Why don't I just live however I want to live? And, you know, Paul takes some time in these chapters to really say, listen, that's that's a foolish way of thinking. And that's going to allow the darkness of your life that you put behind you when you became a follower of Jesus. And it's going to put it back on a pedestal. And it's going to right. lead you away from God's best for your life. So I think he does a great job at wrestling with that, both intellectually but also very pastorally. Uh, he even gives some personal example that is, uh, is, is very, very candid and, and appreciated. So you said um, one of the things you talked about was, you know, at that point of salvation, our, our soul is saved, but we still have to live in this body. Why do you think, and I, cause I think this is a question that we may not put in these exact words, but we're thinking it, like, why am I not, totally saved in that moment why do i have to still live live with this broken body yeah that's a question that i you know i think my answer would be god only knows yeah Uh, because i think if you and i could draw it up we would probably say let's get out of this jam and let's get out of it for good right Mm -hmm. now and let's not do life uh in in this way and, and so we live under this, this brokenness. And we can trace it all the way back to, to the Garden of Eden. Right. Uh, we can trace it all the way back to Adam and Eve. And, 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 and we can see from that that um, there was a plan, and it included perfection, and we missed it woefully. And now we're, we're, we're living with hope because we've seen – a promise that's gone from just a promise spoken to a promise that's achieved victory, but we still have uh, the wrestling, you know, again, going back to uh, Genesis three and the promise that this offspring of the woman would crush the head of the serpent, but that the serpent would strike 
or heal. And you just kind of, we, we live this every, every day where the victory has been won. The death blow has been dealt to Satan, but um, you know, on his way out, he is trying to bite and inflict pain and uh, as much as, as much as he can. Right. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know yet, Sean, I'm still trying to figure this out why God does it this way and uh, why he chooses to do it. I suppose that there's a lesson um, every uh, on a regular basis. There's a lesson about reliance and trust and faith and dependency that you just can't quite fully learn when you only, if you thought of your salvation only as a singular transactional moment, Yeah, you know, versus an everyday reality. And I think Paul in in Romans helps us see, man, you don't just need Jesus once. You're going to need him for the rest of your life. You're right. not going to need grace once. Right. Um, you, you would be locked right. up in prison for good if it was based on your own merit. And right. uh, um, we're only rescued through Christ. And that's a reality that doesn't, we don't get past, we only go deeper into. Right. And uh, I appreciate his in the, I appreciate in the section of the text that we looked at just the honesty of the difficulty of it all that he highlighted. Um, so you, as we, as we follow. Yeah. All right. So we missed a, we missed a good conversation last week in your message about um, faith. And, and I was, I was kind of hoping that you would crack the door a little bit so that I could ask this question because two weeks ago you mentioned how sometimes it feels like we have faith and faith and not faith in Jesus. And it's like this windshield idea of, you know, we have to look through it. How does that, you know, correlate to this conversation now about trusting in, in Jesus and in, in this freedom that we have uh, as he is our Lord? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a real tendency in the human makeup to keep track and to have a scoreboard and to catalog, you know, what we should get or, or is rightfully ours. And, 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 you know, we tally it and we mark it and we're reminded of it. And, you know, as I, as I, as I think about, as I think about how the relationship with Christ is, is initially laid out. Mm-hmm. And then after that laid out, it's not, it's not like Jesus keeps you, saves you, and then you stay saved by your, your action. And I think a lot of times with faith, character is real deal. And Paul's talking about character here, and he's talking about integrity, and he's talking about living a life with integrity and not letting sin reign, you know, in your body. We're going to get to chapter eight next week, where we'll get into that a little bit and how the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is uh, given to us as a source of strength in in these kind of situations. But it's just so easy to stop looking through that windshield at the object of our faith and looking at Jesus and thinking of it more like I looked once and now I'm looking at myself right. to try to to try to keep this to try to keep this going. And so at that point, then I'm trying to find strength where there's not really any strength because I'm looking inward at myself and, you know, right. it's pretty fleeting. So, um, you know, when we give our life to Jesus, we do that because we don't we, we can't forgive ourselves. And, and because of sin, we're separated from God. And so we recognize that we need his love and his salvation. And so we have this amazing moment. And you alluded to this in your message about like, now we should be good. You know, now we've experienced God's love in, a, in an amazing way. 
So why do we keep sinning? Yeah. We've still got an adversary who is trying to steal every amount of the joy and every amount of the effectiveness of that freedom that Christ has established away from us. And he's going to do it on an everyday basis. Um, and we, so, so we're contending with him. We're contending with our own desires in our own, in our own body. Um, we crave and, and we, and we want and we desire and we, we lust and we, we seek that which we think, uh, is going to feel good or, or that would, that would satisfy. Mm -hmm. Um, and many people have the experience with Jesus where they live the life before him, where a lot of that was pursued and they come to this hard realization that he is, uh, that all these other attempts at trying to find happiness and pleasure and all these kind of things are, are woefully short. But I think we're also being reminded in the text we looked at this week that plenty of people after they place their faith in, faith in Jesus also come to those same places where right. if not eternally, not eternally damning any longer, but temporarily right now is ruining life. And I know a lot of good Christians. I mean, I know a lot of God-loving, Bible-reading, faithful people who have had sin ruin their lives. Right. They had it ruin their lives after they were a Christian. You know, it was, it was, so it's, you're, we're not immune to it. And we're not immune from the battle or the warfare that exists out there. And I think this look in seven and six and seven in Romans is a very honest look at that reality that Paul was wrestling with it, that you and I will wrestle with it, that everybody in our church and all of our friends and family, right. just because you love Jesus and just because he saved you doesn't mean from here on out, you're not going to battle sin or that you couldn't have sin really torpedo uh, your, your, your life trajectory on the here and now. Right. And so again, can God forgive? Can God redeem? Can God restore? Yeah, Absolutely. No doubt about it, but it doesn't mean that it right. creates this license or this expectation that if we live a life outside of God's will, it should all go well and right for us. Right. So you, I, you, you know, you nailed my heart in this, and I, I'm sure other people felt the same way when you were talking about how we almost have this uh, ability to pre-meditate uh, our sin, and and then I think we've all been there, and then you just had to like dig a little bit deeper and you say we've even premeditated our forgiveness yeah, the forgiveness yeah yeah you know so like let's just be practical because you know this is something i've done and i'm sure others you know listening are, are in the same boat how do we move past this like how do we because i don't think we want that you know in that moment maybe we do but i I'd imagine that there's there is true repentance afterwards like uh why 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 yeah. how do we move past like what are some ideas yeah, I, I think one of the things is is really, and just from my own experience, is really trying to, when when the when the Israelites were crossing the, let me illustrate it this way, before I make the point, when the Israelites were going across the Red Sea, God sends them back in and says, "Go get some stones from the middle of the Red Sea, take them with you." So you know, every time you look at those, you go, "Hey, those were in the middle of the Red Sea," and so mm -hmm. you know. Um, the God we serve is pretty awesome because those stones were in the middle of the Red Sea and right. he parted it. We walked across it. It's like a remembrance. Right. On the negative side, 
I think when you're in, because you have those moments where usually right after the failure or right after the big mistake, right after the sin, there is just deep guttural pain for what, for what you experience. And I think some of it, some of what I have found to be helpful is to take a very, very, very intentional inventory at that moment of what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. So that in the same way, those stones were a remembrance of the good things that God had for me. That in the moments of temptation, these other stones are a remembrance of, bro, you don't want to do that. Right. You know, you don't want to do that. I mean, to, to, to be reminded of maybe maybe you had a food that you just don't digest well or you don't you don't uh, you don't process well. You know, I, as I've gotten older, I've got a different perspective on like gorging on, you know, certain certain foods. And it sounds like a great idea. And then afterwards, you're like, man, that was I am. I feel awful. Right. And so. The next time that I have the opportunity to to go for thirds on on the brownies, you know, and ice cream, you're going, hey, remember, right. remember, remember, this doesn't go well. Like you are going to really regret this. And so, I would say that's part of it. That's yeah. part of it is really cataloging that sorrow that you feel and and being reminded so that your emotions, when your emotions and your flesh is just trying to take over in the moment of temptation like the mind can be transformed you can be reminded like this is not going to feel good later this is going to feel terrible it might feel really good for the short term right but it's going to feel terrible later um you know obviously you look at like jesus's example too and you see he used scripture uh, in his moments of temptation he used them to recast or repicture or reshape what would be a better reality than the current one that was being offered to him. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are certainly uh, great realities. I think we, we, we touched on and not in great, great detail, but we touched on, I think a lot of the nature of Romans seven. I think most of us, when we touch on that um, personally, man, we start going into those dark places of our lives that we don't really want to talk about. And, we, and you know, the secret and the shameful and the, the, the the dark sin that um, that is embarrassing and, and right. shouldn't be happening and you know we don't want to go there and so you know those especially I think connect with this reality and I think so my other piece of advice would be relationships with people who have a common goal and who you are an ally for you in life you know who can call you you can call and you can let know like hey man I'm I'm not having a good day right now and I'm just just gonna ask that you give me a, give me some wisdom here or pray for me or, you know, just call me in the morning. So I know I got to, right. I got to give you an answer for how I, uh, you know, right. behaved tonight. You know, those are powerful, powerful tools to get you out of those seemingly, you know, pressure packed moments where you don't know right. how you're going to make it out without, without royally sinning. Right. Right. So you, you even talked about, some other ideas as you were looking through what Paul is talking about, how he has this coach mentality, this pastor mentality and this personal. And you talked about how we should offer up our strengths. And I think everybody understands that to the Lord, but you also talked about how we should give, offer our weaknesses. What does that look like? How does God use my weaknesses? Yeah, I think surrender is such a foundational point part of the experience with Jesus. Submission, surrender, both words that we really don't enjoy (laughs) and we don't celebrate uh, enough because um, 
they just sound really, really painful. And, and you know, all of us have things that we're not, uh, not even just that we're not proud of, we're just not good at, or we're just not, um, you know, maybe it's through comparison to other people. Mm-hmm. And, and we look at our life or our gift set or our skill set or our track record or our future. And we go, I can't do this very well. And so we tend to justify right off, um, you know, move down a path that, that kind of gives ourselves permission to not even mess with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, allowing God to do something there, you know, in, in our lives. And, and I just think it's part of this total, you know, glass house, Lord God, you have my whole, it's, you got everything. So, um, if it's, if it's just a personality quirk that I don't like, if it's a gift set, the thing that I, that I don't like, if it's, um, if it's a, a mistake I'm prone to make that I don't like, you know, it's just, it's being able to let God into that and know, man, what you've done for me on the cross is as valuable there, maybe more valuable there to me than any other area. And, right. and so allowing those parts even to be given over right. uh, to God and say, hey, use me uh, if you want to in these areas, but at least teach me and grow me and help me to, uh, again, not even just get better at those weaknesses. That's what we tend to want to do. Right. But teach me to apply the gospel to those areas and to allow you in to those areas. Right. So serving is another area that uh, naturally it it removes the the eye, right? It removes me from the equation and it puts somebody else in front. Um, COVID has messed so many things up and it feels it, it feels overwhelming to think about service. Can you give us some like, uh, not, I don't know, pointers is the right word, but just help us. Like, how can we serve during this time of COVID? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things uh, would be to, to make it as personal as possible and, and to think through the people in your life. Uh, for the last three months, I've just tried to make, and, and this is... Uh, I've just tried to make a regular habit of when people come to mind, shooting a text, giving them a phone call, saying, hey, I'm thinking about you today, saying a prayer for you, doing okay, is there anything you need? And, you know, I don't think anyone right now is going to reject that uh, that conversation. I think everyone is going to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. We all have people in our lives as well that, uh, whether that's for COVID reasons or others, this is just especially difficult and, and it doesn't take too much time to think through, you know, the list of names and know, Hey, here's some people that it doesn't have to be this second, but this week and the next two, I need to figure out a way to get a conversation with them or to check in on them or to see, you know, what we could do. Obviously another way would be, you know, trying to think through who is doing a great job right now. It's people in our community who are either at risk or in need, whether it's food pantries or hospital workers or, you know, various organizations or various people who are rallying up. Um, how do I link with them? You know, whether it's through resources or through time and energy, um, you know, some things are touch, more high touch than others. And that's obviously what's making this a little bit challenging, but you can send a text without touching anybody. You know, you can write letters, you can, you can be pretty, pretty encouraging. Uh, to people uh, without without really working all that hard, 
that said, there's really some practical ways you could you could be you, you know we've always had opportunities through simple acts of service um, with one another to really to really bless people. Yeah, and I would say, you know, wherever you're listening, if, uh, you know, you have a local school district and, you know, we're talking in Danville, uh, but wherever you might be, you could write letters so easily to administration. So maybe you're like, oh my gosh, to write letters to every teacher, it seems overwhelming. Uh, but each school typically has a principal that takes the brunt of a lot of a lot of what's going on and uh, to, to send him or her a, a note, even if they have no idea who you are, I think can go a long way. I love what you're saying about mm-hmm. all that. Cool, man. Um, hey, before we wrap up, I man, I appreciate the conversation as always. So good. Um, is there anything else that you would love to share? Uh, I've thought of my movie that I want yeah, okay, to, yes. to remake. I think we need to remake the movie Little Giants. That was such an awesome movie. And it was kind of a cult classic. Wow. But it's not so untouchable that you couldn't remake it. You know, there's certain movies that are just beyond... You don't mess with them, the natural. You yeah. just don't you don't try to go there. But then there's certain movies that like a new batch of kids. Yeah. And you know, a new crew. Yeah. You know, you know, everybody wants to see a new version of the annexation of Puerto Rico, you know, run on the field uh, <laughs> for, to, to victory. So um, you know, that's that's my movie. That's that's what I'm gonna hang my hat on. I think that's the one that we need to try to get remade. That is awesome. Now I'm going to say this and hopefully I'll be back next week. I've never seen that movie either. (laughs) So I've got homework. I will follow up and come back next week. One of the things that in my relationship with you that has been demonstrated time and time again (laughs) is that we don't share similar tastes in a lot of different things. There are a few places that we cross over and that we can mutually agree. But most of my strongest opinions and, and likes are not shared by you and vice versa. So <laughs> I fully expect. Uh, but again, it's like a, it's a moment in time. So there's a lot of these movies. They are moments in time. The Goonies is one. Don't yeah. touch it. Don't try yeah. to remake it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you can make you can make Little Giants again. And I would love to watch it. So I, this is such a tangent. We have a kid on the Danville high school soccer team who uh, has a haircut and a uh, facial hair. Not, I mean, that's generous to him. Uh, but his uh, inspiration is Gary Busey from rookie of the year. See that one. It's probably Disney plus recycling some of these movies and these guys are uh it could be uh, these guys are watching it again so i love it all right we have we have gone way too far away from the uh content that we want to really talk about let's bring it back in we love you have long form right so we can really yeah anyway sorry sorry we love you guys and we're just thankful that we have these opportunities to be connected and our heart is all about helping you take a next step in your relationship with jesus and so we can Uh, help you with that. Um, You can always send a direct message on Facebook. You can email us, give us a call. Um, You know, we would love for you to be following this podcast. You can do that on uh, Apple iTunes or however else you get your podcast. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube where you will get a video form of this podcast as well as you'll be able to stay connected with the services. So if you miss the message, 
that we've just got done talking about, I would strongly encourage you to go back, listen to it. I believe that your heart uh, will just be encouraged by what Nathan shares through uh, the Word of God. And um, this is something that we normally don't talk about, but because of the message and what we have been talking about, if you want to take that first step in your relationship with Jesus, please reach out. We want to help you no matter where you live, whether you're local to us or you live far away. Our desire in our heart is that you would take that first step. So Nathan, thank you, man. Appreciate your, uh, your involvement and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. See ya.